Welcome to the Blogger Bites podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Urban. This is a podcast for bloggers, influencers, and content creators. Here, I'll share transparent advice plus emerging tools and platforms to empower you to establish your brand, serve your audience, and monetize your influence. I'm so happy you're here. In today's episode, we're chatting all things pitching brands and working on sponsored posts. Ever since I started working with brands, it's what drives the most questions from other bloggers and influencers. So today we're going to break down what a sponsored post is, should you work with brands directly or through a platform, what goes into your media kit, the life cycle of a brand deal, what to include in a cold pitch, and more. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, hi, welcome to Blogger Bites. My name is Jenna Urban and I'm the food and lifestyle blogger of The Urban Life. I share allergy-friendly recipes, travel guides, and more with my audience. I started blogging in 2016 and landed my first brand partnership about a year after. At the time, I had 1,000 Instagram followers and about 5,000 monthly page views on my blog. The collaboration was with a dairy-free cheese brand for $630. It was a two-post campaign where I developed a recipe using their product and posted it to my blog and social channels. After that partnership, I realized there's money to be made in this business. You just have to find the brands that align with your niche, connect with the correct contact, and put yourself out there. Since that partnership, I've worked with both large and local brands on paid partnerships, such as with Sprouts, Walmart, Kroger, Mr. Coffee, Coca-Cola, Quaker Oats, Walt Disney World, and more. Shortly after those sponsored posts went live, like clockwork, I would receive several messages from fellow bloggers asking, how in the world did you land that brand deal? How can I pitch brands too? And if I had any tips for them? I would spend a good chunk of my time essentially one-on-one coaching these creators on how to find those brands, what to say back, and how to negotiate. And while I love connecting and helping other bloggers, it was really starting to bite into my own time. So I wrote out my entire pitching process from start to finish, included any notes and stories that would further explain the back and forth that comes with pitching and negotiating. I included several sample pitches and I launched an ebook with all of that and more inside. It's been updated a few times since its first launch and now includes templates for a media kit, rate sheet, invoice, and campaign overview report. I really wanted it to be a comprehensive roadmap and helpful to all creators. So if you're interested, you can find the ultimate guide to pitching brands linked in the show notes. Now that I've given you an overview of how I got started working with brands, let's break down what a sponsored post actually is or you know what it could entail. In short, a sponsored post is a piece of content that a creator publishes highlighting a brand or product in collaboration with that brand. This content can be in the form of a blog post, Instagram post, TikTok, video integration, email feature, and beyond. There are three main types of sponsored posts. Unpaid, where the creator is not compensated. Paid, where the creator and brand determine a rate to be compensated or in-kind, where a brand provides a product instead of money. Depending on your niche, your experience, and what the brand is looking for, the sponsored post can really vary. 
as a food blogger myself, they commonly entail developing a recipe featuring the brand's product along with photography or videos featuring the product. Sponsored posts aren't the only way to work with brands though. You could offer freelance content creation, which is exactly how it sounds. You create content for the brand to use on their social channels, maybe their website, within their marketing materials, or wherever you two, the both parties determine. You don't need to post it on your profile. They post it and you often aren't credited. This is somewhat similar to UGC, user-generated content. However, that type of content is typically either shared by the brand organically or used in ads by the brand or whitelisted using your account. Now, lastly, you could join a brand's ambassador program or affiliate program. And when you share about their products, you include an affiliate link and earn a commission on sales earned. For the sake of this podcast episode, we're just going to focus on sponsored posts. However, keep in mind that most of these same concepts apply to any of these. I think it'll be best if we do some rapid fire Q&A and I'll try not to get too in the weeds, but just know that working with brands, pitching and negotiating have so many variables, so it's not exactly one size fits all. You'll have to figure out what you're comfortable with and how flexible you and the brand are willing to be. All right, question number one, how many followers do you need to start pitching brands? Ooh, y'all, this question makes my blood boil. There is so much misinformation out there that you need 10,000 followers to work with brands or some random number that you need in order to get paid. Let's just squash that right here and right now. I'm literally proof that you can secure partnerships with under 10K followers on social media and your blog doesn't have to see millions of page views each month. Sure, some brands do want their creators to have a certain amount of followers or engagement, but it's not a hard and fast rule. It's our job as bloggers and influencers to gain the trust of our audience, understand our strengths, and how they can ultimately help the brand. Now that could be brand awareness, promoting a new product, driving sales, etc. Just know that you do not need a certain follower size to get started. Question number two, what's better, pitching brands directly or utilizing influencer platforms? Influencer platforms are great. They serve as the middleman between you and a brand. A few popular platforms include Aspire IQ, Maverick, Quotient, and Sway Group. They can be especially good when you're first starting out because they kind of hold your hand while you're figuring all of this out. However, the downsides to these, in my opinion, are the contracts are often more difficult to negotiate, the pay tends to be lower, or projects just aren't paid at all, and there's little room for long-term partnerships. They're often just one and done. However, when you pitch brands directly, you're really able to establish a connection, hash through ideas, develop a creative concept in collaboration with the brand, and best of all, have a better chance at landing repeat work once you impress the heck out of them. So I can't say one is better than the other, they're just different, and you have to find what works best for you. 
I personally have seen a sharp decline in opportunities coming from these influencer platforms, but I think it's still important to sign up and see what's out there. And a quick note, these influencer platforms are different from PR or marketing agencies. They actually sometimes use these platforms to find influencers and track their programs. Number three, what is a media kit? A media kit or a press kit is essentially a blogger's resume. It should include at a minimum who the blogger is, what their niche is, who their audience is, what services they offer, and contact information. It's really meant to be a quick snapshot you can quickly send over to a brand so they can get a feel if you're a good fit for their campaign or not. I suggest also including relevant stats such as your blog's page views, social followers, audience demographics, as well as previous work. After chatting with several brands and PR reps, a one-pager is totally fine as they don't always have the time to go through a long portfolio. This is, of course, personal preference, but that's always a common question I get as well, so I definitely wanted to address it. Number four, how often should I follow up with brands? First of all, just yes. <laughs> Following up is so, so important. I'd say it's just as important as your initial pitch. So I personally like to wait a week after sending my pitch to follow up. After that, I'll wait another week. Then if I still don't hear back, I'll make a note to follow up in about three months. Again, this is totally personal preference. So if you wanna wait a week and a half to two weeks to follow up after your first pitch, that's fine too. Lately, when I'm pitching brands, I won't include my media kit and in the initial email. Then when I follow up, I'll mention that I've attached my media kit for them to review. It feels a bit more natural than just, hey, following up. You know, we're more professional than that, but you get the gist. But of course, you could also just follow up with a quick note that asks if they've had a chance to review your pitch and how you're looking forward to hearing back from them and hopefully getting their brand on your content calendar. Number five, can you explain what a brand deal looks like from start to finish? Well, absolutely. In my experience, Here's the life cycle, if you will, of working with a brand. It starts with the pitch, then some negotiation regarding rates, usage, and more. After that, some concepting and determining what exactly you'll be providing. Get that in a contract and then all parties sign. Now on to creating the content and oftentimes submitting a draft, then publishing and promoting. But you're not done there. If you really want to stand out, once your post goes live and a couple days have passed, pull the key insights and put it together in a campaign overview report. It's incredibly impressive to brands. They freaking love it because you're making their jobs easier and it could just lead to repeat work for you. I'll be chatting all about what to include in these reports in the next episode, so be sure to subscribe and be the first to know. Number six. Do you send a rate sheet or make estimates based on the project scope? This just totally depends on the brand and where you're already at with them. First and foremost, you definitely need to understand the full scope of work. That is, what are the deliverables? When are they due? What does the usage look like, etc. Before sending a rate, I always like to ask, what does your budget and timeline look like? That will give me an idea of what they're working with and if we're in the same universe or not. 
even if the budget they say is lower than my standard rate or they say they don't have a budget, I'll still let them know that for X deliverables, my rate starts at whatever the rate is. The key there is starts at as that gives you negotiating power should something pop up later down the line. You could also just know what your rates are and feel confident in that and send off your rate sheet and that's fine too. The issue with that is you could be leaving money on the table without asking them what their budget is. Like I said, you kind of have to feel out the situation and understand what you're comfortable with. Lastly, if the brand comes back with a lower budget than the rate you quoted, you could also go for the, do you have any wiggle room with that budget? That line has never failed me. Moving right along to number seven, should we pitch in DMs or email? I prefer and suggest pitching via email. To me, it's more professional and helps keep track of all the communication in one spot. DMs are great if you need to find the best contact, but if a brand reaches out via DM, let them know that your media kit is available at your email address and you're excited to chat further with them. Number eight, can you break down what should go into a cold pitch? Yeah, <laughs> we can't talk about intro to pitching brands without you know leaving you with something. So this will be the last question for this podcast episode and I really hope it's helpful. So let's go. First off, try and use their first name to personalize the email. Include a little nicety, then jump into who you are, what your content is about, and who your audience is. Let them know why you want to work with them, and include either a personal story of why you resonate with the brand, how your audience always asks about them, or how you've already shared the brand or product and how your audience responded. From there, you could ask if they have any upcoming collaboration opportunities or toss out some of your services and concept ideas. End the email letting them know that your media kit is available upon request and or you're able to provide a custom proposal based on their goals. Click send, make a reminder to follow up in a week and walk away from your computer. If you found value in this week's episode, I would really appreciate you leaving me some feedback through ratings and reviews and feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect and chat with you. If you're interested in exploring brand partnerships and want to learn more, be sure to check out my ultimate guide to pitching brands. It covers so much more than we could possibly get into here, including doing an audit of your accounts, where to find the best brand contacts information, pitches you can literally copy and paste, what to look out for in contracts, how to determine your rates, and a handful of templates plus so much more. Y'all, it does not need to be scary. If you've been waiting for brands to come to you, this is your sign to put yourself out there. Create a list of your dream brands as well as products that you use and love. Find those brand contacts and pitch, pitch, pitch. And don't forget to follow up. And when you land that dream brand, please DM me and let me know how it goes. I'm rooting for you. Thanks so much for joining me, Jenna Urban, in this episode of Vlogger Bites.